Hi, my name's India. This is Be More Orca, Buck the Menopause. Now, I'm not a medic, or an expert, or a celebrity. I'm just going through it myself. I was totally blindsided by my symptoms. I knew nothing about this stage of my life. And then I discovered neither did any of my friends. So I'm on a mission to find out everything I can, explore every avenue to help us manage our symptoms and get our lives back on track. In this episode, I'm chatting to the brilliant Jen Brister, comedian, author, podcaster, and now she's added angry menopausal woman to her bow. Thank you very much for coming and talking to me. I really appreciate it. You are my first orca. Blimey! That's a real privilege indeed. <laughs> yeah, to be your very first orca. Great. Well, I really appreciate you coming. Well, that's a lot. I mean, a lot to live up to. Or <laughs> you set the standard. There you go. That's the way you could look at it. Yeah, exactly. Let's let's make the bar low <laughs> so people can jump over it later. <laughs> Not at all. Now, you talk about the menopause in your stand-up, which I thought was bloody brave. Did it feel brave to you or was it just something you had to talk about? I was going mad. So it was very easy to talk about because I literally was feeling it every moment of every day. And I actually probably found it quite therapeutic. My anger levels were so high that to be able to channel that into my stand-up comedy was was incredibly cathartic, I think. Yeah. So I didn't even think about it being brave. I, it was only... After I did it, a friend came and she just said, I would never talk about the fact that I'm going through the menopause. And I said, oh, why? She went, she goes, I'm single and I don't want people to think I'm new, you know, that, that it's it's all over for me. And I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. There is a sort of old, I don't know, like old school perception of what the menopause means for women and what it entails and who we are when we go through it and who we are when we've been through it. Yeah. Um, and also how old you are. I mean, that's the other thing is that we're all, you know, in our mid to late 50s, whereas I started the, my menopause, I was perimenopausal, as it turns out, in my 30s. Were you? You say that you hit the menopause in 2019, but you're saying actually now that you think you were in your 30s when it first started. Well, my period stopped <laughs> uh, in early 2020. So I was obviously perimenopausal for a long time before that. And my menopausal uh, symptoms started five years before that. Right. So actually the hot flushes and the anxiety and the, and the, um, not, I didn't get night sweats till later actually, but the, the difficulty sleeping, the insomnia, wake, waking up like six, seven times in the night. God. So all of those sorts of things I, I'd had in varying degrees of intensity for about four or five years or no, four years before I performed that show, Meaningless, in 2018. And you were saying you were getting like 30 or 40 hot flushes a day. I was getting them all the time. I'd get maybe two an hour. That's great. I mean, how did you how did you perform? How did you function in life if you're getting that many? Well, when I was doing Meaningless, my hot flushes were really um, manageable. So that, that particular show that I did at the Edinburgh Festival and I toured, I was having hot flushes, but I would have not many, maybe four, five a day. 
and they were manageable. And they lasted, what, they were seconds or were they...? They were like seconds, yeah, they would be seconds or maximum of like a minute or something and then it would clear and I would the fog would clear and I would feel fine. By the time it got to 2019, I was having several hot flushes during my show. Really? While on stage? Yeah, on stage. Performing meaningless? Not performing meaningless, performing my then my next show, which was called Underprivileged. So the, the show I did the year later, that show I was having for hot flushes during. There was not a single show I did without a hot flush. And I would blank. I would just blank on stage. How did you manage that? Well, I learned to deal with it by... Um, not panicking. So I would, I would take a moment and more often than not in that moment, because my persona is quite sort of aggro and a bit sort of like, I take my time. And so if if I want to take a moment um, to not speak and just want to sort of pace up and down the, (laughs) up and down the stage. So you basically, you built it in. I built it in. I built that into my... You acted around it. Yes. So I built that into my show that I would just take a moment and go, you know, like whatever. And that, that would be often the time I go, okay, what the hell is the next bit in the show? Oh my God. So you were blanking in the show. Yeah. And also for underprivileged, very hormonal and very uh, emotional. I would have these moments of pure rage and then pure like, oh my God, I'm going to start crying. And then I'd feel like sometimes completely euphoric. I mean, I was completely off the charts, just like not coping um, with my um, menopause. Yeah. And when I took it on tour, uh, there were uh, occasions where I, I completely forgot what I was saying. I had, I had to go. There was, there was, there was one occasion. Oh God. There was one occasion where I was doing a show at Soho Theatre and, um, I had to walk off stage to check my notes because I, I just couldn't. It, it, the, the, the hot flush was so intense that my mind just went completely blank. Is it that it causes complete brain? shut down as well it depends on on i i can't speak to to how it affects other women but for me i not every time because bearing in mind i would have two or three in a show and you know a lot of the time i would just i would just be hit with this intense heat and then i'd look i'd be sweating and i would look completely yeah you know mad but i i I would again i would try to like i i move a lot on stage and you know there's lights and i think a lot of people just thought oh she's just hot from being on stage but i i was having hot flushes but sometimes it would when i have these hot flushes the 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 more intense that they were i would get they would come with nausea oh my god so I'd feel nauseous as well. And then with that nausea, yeah, it would be a, like, it was like a fog would, would just descend into my brain. And just words, just like, no, just normal <laughs> vocabulary that I use every day, yeah. that, that would go, that would disappear. I would forget my set, I'd forget my show. And, and weirdly, um, I mean, I talked about it with my partner, but I didn't really tell anyone. And, and not out of shame or anything, but because I just wanted to be able to cope with it. Yeah. I thought I was coping with it. Well, you obviously were coping with it, though. I mean, the idea that you're having that experience while on stage. I mean, how many male comics could, like, you know, if you were there shooting sort of water pistols or something at a male comic and they're meant to carry on and concentrate? It's the idea that you were having all of this going on at the same time as delivering a a set that people enjoy. Yeah. And having to stay in the show and stay in the, in the moment and, uh, and try to still the whole point of stand up. Well, I mean, certainly the stand up I do is I'm constantly trying to make connections with the audience. That's all I'm doing with all of my material is make connections here, connections there. Whether or not you agree with what I'm saying, that's what I'm trying to, to do. And so it, yeah, it can, it, I don't know. No one seemed to notice 
Well, they did notice when I when I blanked. They, of course, they noticed. But audiences are very forgiving, yeah. and sometimes because I would sometimes have to let them in on it and go, "I'm so sorry, I blanked." They would they love it because it's like, oh, I've, we're seeing behind the curtain that this. That's the point, isn't it? Is that's what yeah. makes the difference between live and watching. It's like you're actually there in the moment. They're like they've been let in on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like that was special for them. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God, though, because that's not just like a, a bit, like sort of feeling run down or feeling anxious. That's like actually a lot to cope with during your work. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, with hindsight now, I don't know how I did it. And I don't know if I could do it now. I think you can do that for a certain amount of time and then you do run out of stamina, which I did. I, I mean, I burnt out. Yeah. I burnt out. Because um, you're running on adrenaline. Yeah, well, I, I you know, because I was so, I, was, I wasn't sleeping. Yeah. I would have these horrendous night sweats. My partner bought me these cold gels and a fan and something to put on the pillow that keeps the pillow cold. And, you know, I would wake up just drenched in sweat. I'd have to kick off the duvet because duvets are absolutely horrendous when you've got night sweats. What you need is sheets, yeah, like layers so that you can, uh, a duvet, you're either hot or you're freezing. So <laughs> I'd kick it off and then I'd wake up and I'd be freezing cold because... Um, you're sweaty and yeah the sweat's cooled me off now yeah, and so exactly. and the hot the hot flush whatever is gone and so yeah it was yeah, it was really awful and the whole time my mom was like you've got to go on HRT you've got to get to the doctor and just tell them you need it I was gonna say when did you decide enough is enough I, I just went to my doctor and I went I'm not functioning and I want HRT and I want you to give it to me yeah and they just said, yeah, where are you with your periods? And because I thought I don't want anyone to not give it to me, I just lied and said, oh, my periods have stopped. And they went, oh, why didn't you come earlier? And I was like, I did. If you look at my notes, you'll see that I have come several times. And then they said, oh, see here that you've had checks for tests for diabetes and tests for... I said, yeah, I had those tests because I was refused HRT and I was told I was probably diabetic. That's crazy. So wait, so back up. You'd gone to the GP previously. I'd gone to the GP three, four times and begged for HRT and didn't get it. You were saying, I'm menopausal, I want HRT, mm. and they checked you for diabetes. What else did they check you for? Thyroid, diabetes, and, um, oh, I think anemia and low iron. Uh, they checked my iron. Yeah. My iron levels were low and they were like, take iron supplements. And I was like, I don't think it's that. And so why did they, at that time, why did they tell you you can't have HRT then? Oh, India, this is, I can't. It's, it makes me so cross. It makes me so cross. Okay, so the first time I went, I was told it was impossible that I could be menopausal because I was only 40. <laughs> it was impossible for me to have the menopause. And I said, well, my mum got it early. So you knew, so you'd spoken to your mum about her experience. Yeah, I'd spoken to my mum about it. And she said, I think it's this. Yeah. And to be fair, I was still younger than my mum. My mum had it later, but she still got it before she was 50. Yeah. And my mum said, it's, you know, you can be perimenopausal for 10 years. It could be that you've just started. Yeah. And, you know, you can take a little bit of HRT and it might even you out. Yeah. Love your mum. She sounds really knowledgeable on the whole thing. Well, because she had a horrendous menopause. Oh, really? And had a very similar thing trying to get HRT. But my mum's, in many ways, her menopause, I think, was worse because it really affected, like, she basically almost had a breakdown. Like, her menopause was really bad. And so she said, I don't want you to get to where I was. Yeah. You need to start early, which is absolutely the... Yeah. Well, now we know. Now we know. Yeah. But then, then, <laughs> oh, those many, many years ago, seven, <laughs> yeah. we didn't. 
for God's sake. So the, my hot flushes were, were not terrible. I'd get like three or four a week, but I just wasn't feeling, you know, you're feeling different. You're not feeling yourself. My periods had started to change. So I went back, I think, a year later or 18 months later, and I got a dressing down from a GP. And she said, I don't know why you're coming to me asking for HRT. You obviously don't know what you're talking about. You obviously don't know the risks that are involved with taking HRT. Have you even done any research into it? I said, well, my mum took HRT and it was life-changing for her. Yeah. And she said, well, your mum was at a high risk of breast cancer. And there was a bit of me that thought, okay, well, I'll take that risk because my life is, un- you know, it's, it's unbearable. Exactly. It's unbearable. And she said, well, I will not prescribe you HRT. I will not prescribe any woman HRT. And that's the doctor that made me take all the tests. Oh, my God. And then after that, I didn't go back for ages. As you wouldn't. I mean, of course you wouldn't. You get beaten down, don't you? And you just think, oh, well, I'm not opening myself up to that again. No. And also the, the doctor was like, well, you don't, the chances are you, you, you're not menopausal anyway. She goes, you know, you're not going to, you're not likely to go through the menopause for another 10 years. Even though all of your tests that she'd sent you to had presumably come back that you weren't diabetic and you haven't got an underactive thyroid and your your iron was a bit low. Yeah, but they didn't want to address whatever my symptoms were, Yeah, which were classic menopausal symptoms. So anyway, I, I waited and I didn't go back. I think I went back to the doctor one more time. Oh, that was it. I went back a third time and they said, you probably are perimenopausal, but we can't prescribe you HRT until your period stop. <laughs> and so... I thought, oh God, please let my period stop. Please, please. I want my periods to stop Yeah, so that I can get HRT. And that's when I waited, I think, another two years maybe. And then I went back and I just, it, by this point, I was like on my knees and I was like, just give it to me. And that's why I lied. That's why I said um, I, my periods have stopped because I just thought I just got to get this HRT. Yeah. But then that has a knock-on effect because then they prescribe you different things. It's the idea if you're, you don't need progesterone. I am on progesterone because I, because I said that they'd just stopped. Right, right, right. They were like, oh, I think you should definitely take progesterone. And so I am on progesterone and on the minimum dose of estrogel is what they they prescribed. They said, we don't recommend that you take any more than this. Anyway, as it turns out, I did need more than that. And so I went back to the doctor and went, it's not doing anything. I'm still getting the hot flushes and I'm still... And they were like, just keep doing that and don't change the dose. We don't recommend you change the dose. So I just changed it. Yeah. I changed it. I just, I, I upped it a pump and my hot flushes went down. And then I thought, I'm, but I'm still getting night sweats. I'm still up at night. So I did one more pump and then everything went. So I did four pumps of uh, estrogen and I take my progesterone once a day. And then I, and then I started to get really um, neurotic and paranoid about it. I was like, well, maybe I am doing this wrong. I mean, my symptoms have gone, but perhaps I am getting it wrong. So I'd paid for a private clinic to go and see a specialist. And she said, you have self-prescribed yourself absolutely perfectly. You should have been on four pumps from the beginning. Because what had happened was my estrogen levels had fallen off a cliff. Yeah. So they said, you're not like a lot of women whose estrogen just gradually goes down. You've gone from having loads of estrogen to having no estrogen. So you you needed four from the get-go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for some women, you start low and you work your way up. She goes, but we have to start you high and you work your way down as as you go through your menopause, as your body adjusts its estrogen levels, you'll gradually knock that down. But you actually need to start at four and then go back down. If, if I decide to, to stop taking HRT, which, by the way, India, I don't think I will. No. Um, <laughs> it's it's life-changing. I'm going to be pumping until yeah. I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> From my cold, dead hand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
But that is the thing, isn't it? We as women need to get to be the experts in our own menopause because they're all unique and it really angers me. It shouldn't anger me more that it's a woman GP that says, I will not prescribe you. But, you know, the medical profession, let's put it that way, they are working on out-of-date information and they're just sort of blanket no's when you're coming to them saying, I am really debilitated by this and this is what I'm feeling. And they're just like, no, you're not. It's sort of gaslighting, isn't it? It is gaslighting to the extreme. And and when I went to see this doctor who I paid for, which is a huge privilege that I can afford to do that. So many women in this country will not be able to do that and will not, yeah. will not have that moment of indication, will not have that reassurance that I was able to pay for. And I'm extremely fortunate. And I think it's a disgrace that that has to, has to happen. And I would really love to see more GPs getting the, the training that they need to help women. But... I was absolutely in that in that um, consultation or whatever it was with this doctor. I was like so angry. I was almost crying. I was like, I just, I can't, I can't tell you how angry I am that I waited five years and I kept getting told that I didn't know what I was doing and I was wrong. And I, and the whole time I was right about my body, which of course I am because I know my own body. Exactly. And 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 even then, when I got my HRT, I was told I was wrong, and I was doing it right. It, it, you know, it was just oh god, it was so it's so frustrating. We were talking about uh, your angry persona on stage in Meaningless. You talk about you know why aren't we all furious? And actually, I was saying this thing of I've become way more feminist since hitting the menopause because I sort of naively in my 20s and 30s thought, oh, well, I'm I'm working on the coattails of like all these other women that have gone before me and they've been feminists. I don't really need to be because actually it's all sorted now. And you suddenly realize the medical world is so skewed towards men. It's it's shocking. The world well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's skewed towards men. The world, I mean, everything is skewed towards men. I mean, everything is designed with a, with a man's body in mind. That, that's, the, that's the blueprint, isn't it, for, the, yeah. for, for our societies, men. And then, and then women, we sort of have to kind of like figure out, figure out shit. Work out the stuff around it. Yeah, yeah. Work out stuff around it and how we fit around it. And the, the, the idea that, uh, you know, like a, a man can fit, sort out his erectile dysfunction in a, with a pill. Over the counter. Over the counter. And we can't, you know, we literally can go to a doctor and they will not know anything about something that is happens to every woman. Yeah. And has happened to every woman since the dawn of time. Yeah. And they still don't know anything about it. And will happen to everyone. Pregnancy, you know, childbirth doesn't happen to every woman. The menopause happens to every single woman on the planet. Two different degrees, but it does happen. I have this running gag with uh, Dr. Casey that it's just we just keep going... More research needed. More research needed. Yeah. Because <laughs> every time I say to her, does this do this? Does this do that? She goes, well, yeah, until there's more research, we can't, you know, say categorically. It's just, I mean, it just drives me crazy. The gaps in medicine around female health is is uh, is shocking. And it's made me really feel for women in past generations who had to go through you know, in the past, I would have gone through the menopause and, and just had to like live with this horrendous experience until... Grip on for dear life until, yeah. Yeah, until I die. Yeah. But that's also the thing that I find weird is the idea that if all the previous generations were just having to cope with it, then why was it not more evident? I mean, it's the idea of having to cope with these and hide them. It's like you being on stage every day of your life. 
Yeah, it's it's because with women, we're sort of told that women's bodies can can sustain a certain amount of pain and discomfort. Mm -hmm. And we're told that's from when we're children, you know, as girls, we are told that every month we will experience pain. And it's part of being a woman. Do you know? Yeah. Part of being a woman is the burden of experiencing pain. And that's just something that we have that men don't have, but we have. And so why would that change? Once we've been told that since we're, we're young girls, by the time we hit our 50s or 60s, we go, well, this is, this is just part of what it means to be a woman is that I will experience this pain and discomfort. And also attached to that, of course, is just the general kind of internalized misogyny that we all have as women, where we, where we feel that anything that we experience is, is shameful. There's so much shame attached to being a woman. And the menopause is one of the biggest shames of our lives, is <laughs> to say out loud, I can't have kids. Yeah, yeah. I am no longer fertile. And to say that loud and to say it proud. Now, I've never had children. My womb has never been used. But um, <laughs> despite that, <laughs> there seems to be some difficulty in saying, no, it never will be. Yeah. Because it it marks a point of, well, what's the point of you now? What, what you know, you're kind of useless, aren't you? I mean, your main function was to squeeze a kid out and now you can't even do that. Well, then just just die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just shuffle off. Off you go. For me, that's what Be More Orca is all about because I refuse to go gently into that good night. It's so important. A, we're living longer post-reproductively. B, we aren't the image of what a menopausal woman was in my eyes, certainly. No. We need to change the narrative, but it has to come from women for society to pick up with the pace. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, you know, we can rewrite the narrative. This generation, we can say, and, 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 this, and certainly the, I, I think my mum's generation have, have, have been trying to do that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really important that we, t you know, we take the baton and, and, and move it forward so that younger women never have to go through what I went through, that they are equipped with all of the knowledge that they need to know about their own bodies, their own hormones, what is going to happen to them, when it can happen, when it might happen, when it does happen, what their choices are. Now, you may choose that you don't want to take HRT, and I respect any woman's choice to do whatever you whatever it is that you want. There are so many benefits to taking HRT, not just to get rid of the hot flushes, but also for your bones, for your heart. One of the biggest causes of death for, for women is, is heart failure. Yep. And that is because we need estrogen to keep our heart strong. And Alzheimer's. And Alzheimer's. So there's two thirds of Alzheimer's patients are women. Now all the research is saying that they think it's because estrogen. My husband brilliantly in a sort of whole Me Too way said to me, oh, well, why do men get Alzheimer's then? And so I Googled quickly and male brain cells convert testosterone into estrogen. Oh, so okay. the brain cells need estrogen. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. And there were so many sort of basic facts that would be really useful, wouldn't it, for us to be armed with so that we can then make the choice that is right for us as an individual. Exactly. And I respect every woman's right to choose whatever they want to do. Mine was to take HRT. That might not be the way everybody wants to go. Indeed, it might not be possible for you to take HRT because obviously if you do have a high risk of cancer in your family, it might be that you can't take it. It is all down to personal choice. Yeah. Exactly. But personal choice on up-to-date, accurate information, not on, uh, you know, hearsay from what was now like 20 years ago. And yeah, HRT has changed as well. That's the thing. What the HRT we prescribe now is completely different to the one that caused the massive risks of breast cancer and things. Yeah. But it's the idea that you were 
denied it for five years. And those were quite important five years, actually. And and those were five years that you were suffering needlessly. It really, really angers me. Yeah, yes. I mean, I could have been on a, a low dose of HRT quite early on and, 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 and eased my way into the menopause. Yeah. And then upped my estrogen as, as my symptoms got more intense. But um, instead, what happened was I just fell off a cliff. And I felt like I was sort of free fall, you know. And and you feel absolutely batshit. I mean, I do talk about that in my show, Meaningless. I do talk about that. But you feel, <laughs> woohoo, because your mood swings are all over the place. And I do have a reputation on the circuit of being quite an angry woman. And I think partly that is because my menopause was untreated for so long. <laughs> Did your success hit at the same time as your menopausal symptoms? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Don't you love life? Yeah. I did my first Live at the Apollo in 2017, and that was a year before I wrote Meaningless. And so I was sort of, yeah, in the thick of thick of it then. And in many ways, Meaningless wouldn't have been written if I had been on HRT because... <laughs> <laughs> That was such an angry show. I mean, it's brilliant though. That particular show was fueled by anger and the anger was fueled by the fact that I obviously was was going through the menopause untreated. But also it meant that when I was writing it, I really meant everything I was saying. I was, you know, that's the, my most feminist show, I suppose, is, is that I was tackling all of the things that I found the injustice. And I think that the starting point of that was my frustration with going through the menopause and not getting any support and then and then going wait a second well actually not just not getting support actually being actively told you're not feeling what you're feeling gaslit yeah yeah and so then i started to look you know you, you start with one thing and then when you're writing you, you sort of branch out and i was like oh okay what about this for women and that for women and this for women oh my god this is a whole shit show <laughs> 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 that's what created it. That's what created meaningless. And now, are you out the other side then? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Shangri-La. This is the orca. This is what it means to be out the other side of it. Yeah. And so, how is it? How's the water? It's, put, put your toe in. It's absolutely lovely. Come in. The difference is so mind-bending. I still, there. Are, I mean, I still have, I still have the, the, the blanks sometimes. I still, I definitely, the brain fog is, is not gone completely, but it's, it's much better. And I think that's just something I've had to accept as part of the menopause is that I will just forget words, which I do frequently. I mean, I haven't, I've yet to do an interview or a podcast without forgetting one of the most simple words. And I can feel it there in the back of my head. And I'm just sort of trying to grab it, go, just grab it before I sound like a complete. <laughs> <laughs> you can feel the synapses just going, just not quite getting firing up. They're yeah. not connecting. Um, but in terms of my mental, my mental health, yeah, I feel so much better. And oh, it's such a cliche, I suppose, but I do think there's something about this age as I'm heading towards 50, that means that I feel like I've started, I genuinely feel like it's a new chapter for me. Like it's a whole new dawn, a new day. So whoever I was pre-menopause, that's a different woman. I'm starting afresh now. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like this is the most exciting time for my career. This is the most exciting time for my life. This is the most creative I've ever been. This is the most excited I am about my work. This is the best I've ever been as a comedian because obviously I've been doing it for such a long time. I've been doing it for 20 years. So, I, and I feel like I'm arriving at this point in my career where I am, where I'm good, where I'm good at what I do. I'm taking more risks in terms of my writing and taking more risks as a performer uh, and I couldn't be happier. And I don't, genuinely, I've got 
I know we fetishize youth and youth is wonderful, of course, because it comes with a huge amount of energy and great skin, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which let's be honest, that's gone. <laughs> but the flip is I'm much more content with my life and with my choices. Yeah. At ease in your own skin. At ease in my own skin. And I like myself, even though my body is not great. It's not doing everything it should. And I'm, t you know, everything's gone south. I just like myself more. I understand every day that this is the youngest I'll ever be. And I'm really happy. I'm not going to wander around going, oh, I'm so old. Because I did that when I was like 25. It's like, grow up. You're like, yeah. you're young. Yeah. Get a grip. Yeah. You know, I'm 47, but still feel young. I still feel young. Yeah, same with me. I'm 48. I'm exactly the same. And that's why I want to do this podcast because I'm like, actually, this is a massive new chapter. And I love hearing you say that because that is exactly... Sorry, my dog's going crazy in the background. Must be the postman. No, I mean, your dog is agreeing. And yeah, I think my that dog's that agreeing is... that it is. It's yeah. a brilliant life. Uh, but the, yeah, the idea of it's a new chapter and we shouldn't just sit there going, oh God, here we are. I'm no longer useful because actually... The whole point of the orca thing is that female killer whales realise that they're way more useful now that they're not dealing with children. Although you have young children, I have young children. <laughs> it's like we still are dealing with young I children. Mean, I mean, still, I still have to deal with bloody children, but... Um... Yeah, <laughs> that is the problem. We have kids later, we have the menopause earlier, and it's just like a, it's like a sort of hideous, perfect storm, isn't it? A friend of mine, her daughter is a teenager and she said it's at such a weird time in the house. Her daughter is, is, is going through this time where she is experiencing all of these hormones and going through all of these changes. And then she, as her mother, is going through the menopause and, and she's going through all of these changes and they're meeting together. And it's, yeah, it's tricky. I can imagine that must be a hormonal clash. But your partner, wife, sorry, your wife, is she going through the menopause? She's not going through the menopause. I know from her mum, her mum said that she had no symptoms. But I said to Chloe, because if anyone's going to have no symptoms, it's Chloe. I mean, like, I'm sure she'll ride through the menopause. But I said to her, even if you feel like you don't have any symptoms, HRT is good because her mum has got osteoporosis. I said just to avoid, uh, to avoid osteoporosis, to avoid having problems with your heart, to avoid, you know, like you were saying, the chances of dementia, it's still a good idea to have a little bit of oestrogen just to keep you ticking over uh, and to, you know, to avoid <laughs> having bones that snap when you bump into a lamppost. Yeah. Oh, don't, yeah. Yeah, so... I think she's definitely open to it. Also, because I feel so bad for Chloe that she had to live with me. <laughs> but the point is that you will now be so on it for supporting her. Oh, won't yeah, you? And, of, of uh, course, 100%. And, and she's seen how good it is. She's like, this stuff is, yeah. <laughs> this stuff is magic. <laughs> Please. Please, please never stop taking it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think my family feels the same way. In fact, my mum came to stay at Christmas and she sort of said, oh, <laughs> since you've been on HRT, it's so much nicer in the house. I was just like, yeah, oh I mean, dear. I, I could certainly relate to that. I yeah. was not nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was lockdown as well. I, oh, God, India. I was a bad mummy during lockdown. I needed HRT, yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't a, it's not a proud, proud no, moment for be, me. Let's, let's admit it was pretty tough for everyone. And uh, I, at least I had HRT during a lockdown. Otherwise, uh, God knows what, I would have been in the fetal position. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and your mum, so your mum sounds amazing though, because your mum sounds... Like she was really knowledgeable. Yeah, I think because she had such a bad time and she was like, you know, you're my daughter. I think you're this likely that you'll have a bad time and yeah. you need to 
get on this. And also my mum is very much, you know, she was very much a person that was like, just don't take no for an answer. And I, and I, and I think that's probably one of the reasons I lied because I'd, I'd gone to my mum and she was like, how are you still not on HRT? This is crazy. You are crazy. Go, <laughs> go and get it. Go and yeah, get yeah. it. <laughs> but I think that's yeah. probably the main reason why I lied is because my mum was like, whatever you need to do, whatever you need to say to get it, just get it. And then work it out afterwards. Once they've prescribed it to you, it's yours. And is she still on it? Well, my mum died, actually. She died last year, but... Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that. No, I'm don't. So oh, no, it's fine. Honestly, India, don't worry. Um, I talk about it in my new show, so it's not like, you know, it's not a, it's not a secret or anything. Um, no, but she she did stop taking it, and I actually think she regrets not taking it because I think she did have problems with her heart later, which was connected to... Well, the doctor just went, oh, it's very common for women of her, of her, my mum's age, which was 76 at the time, that, that she has heart things. And I was like, the more I was reading about it, I was like, oh, God, mum, I wish you'd just stayed on HRT. Yeah. Because yeah. like, that might have been the thing that kept your heart. Yeah. Because once you've got, once your heart is gone, it's, it's gone. It, they can't fix it. It's not like they can replace it with a tube or a thing. So, but yeah, I think I would keep doing it. And if my mum was still alive, she would say to me, don't don't stop taking it. Just keep on it. Well, because they were of the generation, weren't they, where they did 10 years when they were on it? Because actually, yeah. pre that WHI, like a lot of people were on it, or 2 million women were on it. They were told 10 years and then you come off it. Yes. But my mum, she is furious that she's been taken off it. Really? And in fact, I think she has just asked her GP to go back on it. She's 82. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to take it till I'm dead. And I think there just needs to be a more of a conversation about what estrogen does for women's bodies, particularly as we get older and what the lack of it can do. Certainly with, with my mum dying, I was like, I said to Chloe, I'm never coming off this. <laughs> like we were saying earlier, I was like, oh, you know, you'd have to like tug it out of my cold, dead hand. I want to be buried with it in yeah. India. That's what I mean. yeah, exactly. Smeared in your estrogel. Yeah, yeah. Well. yeah exactly. <laughs> like embalming fluid. Yeah, that's it. I don't want the embalming fluid. I just want to be pumped with estrogel. <laughs> Fill me full of estrogel. Normal, normal. <laughs> oh. and is there anything that you wish that you'd known that you now know and that you would tell someone that was about to start going through it? I would say to them, don't take no for an answer from your doctor. If you're not getting the right response from that doctor, demand another doctor. And you can start taking HRT before your periods stop. And if you're not sure what to expect from your menopause, if, if you have a good relationship with your mum or if your mum's alive and you can do it and you can speak to her about it, I really would urge you to do that because that will give you, I mean, I'm not saying that everyone's menopause is the same as their mum's, but it will give you an idea. It'll give you a ballpark. Yeah, indication of what. Of what to expect and, and what you might want to do. And the fact of the matter is, is that if you're in your 40s, the chances are uh, you're perimenopausal and you could just take a very small dose of HRT and have a very joyful menopause and, and maybe go through your menopause with absolutely no symptoms whatsoever. And if that is a choice or an option, then I urge you to do it because the list of symptoms of the menopause are so dreadful and, and many, 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 many. And all encompassing. And you don't have to suffer them. Yeah. A woman's lot in life is not to suffer. Absolutely. That's bullshit. So get yourself some HRT and enjoy your menopause. Because actually, once you have your hormones under control, 
once you've got all of that stabilized and there's some kind of equilibrium in your mental health, then you can just enjoy being this person that's coming out the other side of your periods. Bye bye. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> Who's desperate to hang on to those? I mean, see you later. Um, and and it's it's a new chapter of your life. And I think it's a, it's a great chapter for women. I think it's an exciting time. I genuinely believe that. I really do. So do I. <laughs> and I see it again and again, particularly with women in comedy. I see it again and again that they are, they're, they're reinventing themselves. You know, I've known them, a lot of these women since they were in their 30s. And now I see them in their 50s. And I'm like, you, you've, you've gone up, you've gone up a level. You're doing something different now. You're much more ambitious. You're much more confident. You, you're, you know what you want, where you want, you, you know, it's an, ex, it's exciting. But if you are just struggling with the symptoms of the menopause, then that's all you're doing. You're just surviving. It's a really exciting time. And I think our generation, and the more that we do it, the more that the generations below us will see that actually it's not the end of anything. It is a completely new chapter. I know I wouldn't be sitting here doing this podcast if I was in my 30s. I just wouldn't have had the confidence. And I've just suddenly got like much more passion in me. Yeah, we've got all this life experience. And, you know, in your 30s, you spend a lot of your time trying to figure out how you want to, how to get to where you want to get, whatever that might be, whether it be a relationship or in your work or whatever. You're, you're, you're just striving. Your 30s are striving, 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 striving. And I felt like it's sort of almost like an, a slight sense of panic in my 30s. If I have to get this, if I don't get that, da, da, da. I didn't enjoy it. There was at no point that I enjoyed any success, anything that I was doing. I was just, well, I've got that, but what does that mean? I've got to get the next thing. Whereas now in my 40s, I'm like, I can really sit in what I'm doing and enjoy it and be in the moment and, and understand the value of what I have and understand that it's, it means something because it's taken such a long time to achieve it. And when you have that understanding of, you know, when you value what you're doing and where you are and who you're with, then you can enjoy it, whatever it might be, if it's your friends or your family or your job. But if you don't, like when you're in your 30s, you're like, oh, I guess I should be, then I don't know, you're, you're, you're living a half-life, <laughs> really. Yeah, that's so brilliant. Oh, thank you so much, Jen. I have absolutely loved talking to you. Oh, it's such a pleasure, India. A brilliant note to end on, I think. <laughs> I'm so wise. Who knew? Gosh. You're so wise. I think it's the menopause. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see? I know. Wise old orca. <laughs> wise old orca. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, no worries. Thanks so much, India. Jen is performing her new sellout show, The Optimist, right now until the end of June. So grab tickets if you can. Next time, I'd like you to meet the indomitable Natalie Beresford who was at the top of her career working as a frontline response inspector for Thames Valley Police when her menopausal symptoms crippled her and her world fell apart. But she was determined that no woman would ever experience what she went through. She's worked tirelessly and her legacy is that Thames Valley Police is now an accredited menopause-friendly employer. There are so many take-homes that you can implement in your workplace. If you want to join in, head to bemoreorcopod.co.uk. You'll find our pod forum, full of women just like you, finding the funny in what we're all going through and sharing stories. 
so we never have to feel like we're going it alone again. And if you have a question about anything you've heard, or a hot topic you'd like to hear covered on the pod, then email me on bemoreorkapod at gmail.com or follow me at b.more.orca. Thank you.